and his character and that he is with us in the good times and the difficult times. So thankful, grateful, blessed is what I've called this. Uh, that is my broken record today. And so whether you go to a craft show or you pop by Michael's or you go into Winners, which I did this week and literally saw this long pillow that on it said, thankful, grateful, blessed. Does anybody have anything in their house that says thankful, grateful, blessed? Or has anybody ever bought anything with that? Because you could easily have. Um, it, I know it's somewhat cheesy to say, but uh, it's kind of a broken record. And whether that's in the Christian community or not, we hear it so much. I'm here so much in churches, be thankful. Um, it gets said over and over and over again. We get told, be thankful because we live in a country where we um, have the opportunity to practice our faith and we are not, you know, scared for our lives that we are able to do that. Uh, be thankful for the food on your table. Parents, maybe you've said this when your kids have not liked the meal that you have prepared for them. Um, I know my mom said that to me a lot as a kid. Nikki, be thankful, right? Uh, be thankful for the clothes on our backs. Uh, because, right, we're lucky we have them. So, uh, Pastor Michael taught me this one. We should be too blessed to be stressed. Have you guys heard that one before? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, he taught me that one kind of as a cheesy saying that he has heard said many times. But Thanksgiving is this funny little broken record. Because, you know, we follow this tradition to be thankful. Um, I know what we sometimes will do at our house, or what I see a lot done on TV, I'm not sure if that's reality, is before you start eating, everybody goes around the table and says something they're thankful for, right? Um, but it's weird, and you'll maybe say, right, I'm thankful for food, I'm thankful for family, I'm thankful for a warm house, right? The kids by that time are like, I'm just hangry. I will say I'm thankful for anything at that time. Just give me the turkey, right? But in the back of our minds, Thanksgiving is weird because we know Christmas is coming, and, uh, and which has this, to some extent, consumeristic mentality. That there's this hope and desire that we're starting to think about that we're gonna, you know, get the presents, or we're already starting to think about Christmas shopping, or whatever, and, you know, we can brag to our friends about what we got. So Thanksgiving comes with this weird tension, because we love to brag about how full our bellies are, about how big the turkey was, and about how awesome it went. I am ready today, as should you be, if you are on any social media, that your social media will likely be filled with three things. You will see fall photo shoots of families today, likely in the Brandon Hills. Um, there will likely be sappy long messages about things people are thankful for. Maybe this has already started. And um, you will also see the big turkey dinners, which tomorrow will be followed by the soup recipes for what to do with that leftover turkey. And all of those things are really good. They are good. They are great things. But again, what does it mean to be thankful, grateful, blessed? Can we be that more than just for a day? Because Thanksgiving sometimes comes and we're like, yes, we're supposed to be thankful that day and then let's just go back to our daily lives. Thankful, grateful, blessed is learning to live these things despite the turmoil of life. It's about more than just picking from a list and saying, well, this is the thing I guess I'm thankful for today. Or, you know, those thankful jars, which are really great, but sometimes, you know, we get a little 
too used to it, or it's more than, you know, scrolling through our phones for what picture am I most thankful for, what makes me look the most happy. Thankful, grateful, blessed is an attitude and a lifestyle that people can see despite the other factors of what's going on. So, dear Lord, I pray today that the words I speak are not from me, but they are from you. God, you have led this service, continue to lead this service. Let our ears and hearts be open to what you are doing and let you be glorified in every moment. Amen. So how do we do it, right? How do we be thankful in the moment? How do we be grateful for that one thing? How do we feel blessed? I think when we approach the spirit of these with how do I get them done, they become objectives instead of lifestyles. They become trophies instead of transformation. The question is not, how do we complete these objectives? Instead, it's how does Christ allow these to be the foundation of our lives? So today we're going to actually stray from those words. So you won't have to hear thankful, grateful, blessed too many more times. Because again, I know, broken record. Um, and it's not because they aren't meaningful or good, but sometimes we need to change our perspective to get a better approach to how to live these out. So we're going to change the first word. Instead of saying we should be thankful, we are going to use the word transformed. Because thankful is good and important, but it can be so compartmentalized into a box, right? We're thankful for moments. We are thankful, right, for that one thing that happened. We list off our thank yous sometimes in prayer before asking God for help because we think it's going to make him change or something. We think that when we start saying, oh, thank you for this, thank you for that, thank you for that, we think it like, you know, with some, whether it's a magic trick or something we think it is, sometimes we do that. Our thankfulness becomes a tool for our gain instead of a genuine feeling. We're going to go into Colossians 3, and uh, this chapter is titled, Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. Paul explains that living a life with Jesus involves a new life, that we put away bad habits and choices and we start running toward God. That as believers, we become set apart, that there are good things that come from being God's people. It says we are chosen, we are beloved, and it results in clothing ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. And this can easily sound like a rule book. You know, the do's and don'ts. But Paul, what he wants to do is he wants us to understand this is being made alive. This is living and breathing. The spirit is within us. None of it's done on our own strength. So the verses we're going to focus on in Colossians 3 are verse 16 and 17. And it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
So this verse is actually a really good transition because last week, Pastor Michael was speaking about what it means for us to be people of peace. What does it mean for us to be peacemakers, right? That Christ, you know, calls us to be peacemakers, but also says, be thankful. That Christ, though, doesn't just say be it, but he dwells among us richly. This spirit lives within us. That gratitude is not something we do, but it becomes a sense of our being. That what we do is all in Jesus' name. And thanksgiving is not an action we make, but just a result in how we live. It will naturally happen. It's not something we have to think about. It's just going to naturally occur that there are lots of things we actually do for one purpose, but result in other positive things that naturally happen. So let's take exercise. Um, who here likes exercise? Okay, very few. Who here may not like it, but knows that it is probably good for you? Exactly, right. So we, we, we don't really like it, but we know we should probably do it. Uh, you know, whether we think it'll help us live a longer life, or, you know, we lose weight, or whatever the reason is. Uh, it's proven that as we exercise, we will be happier. Now, we won't be happy definitely at the beginning and probably not even in the middle of exercise. But afterward, endorphins naturally release and we naturally will be happier. Now, we may, again, not enjoy the gym or going for a walk. We may not enjoy that initial work that we put in, but the natural end result is this mood boost. Just like we don't always want to end up putting that work of spending time with Christ. We don't always want Christ to work off those rough edges. We don't always want to trust God with some of those things that we've been clinging to for a long time. But their natural result in transformation into Christ-likeness is fruit. And it is becoming people who are living with thankfulness and gratitude because we come to know our creator and therefore we come to know ourselves more. Transformation needs to be the focus because that means our focus is on Christ, not on ourselves. Our focus is not on our situation. It's not on the past. It's not on the future. Our focus is on who God is. Transformation doesn't happen when we just look at the characteristics of God and start trying to act them out. Instead, it's seeing who God is, spending time with him, and naturally we become more like him. We don't act a certain way for God. He knows when we're acting. He knows us. We don't have to become a certain way for God, right? We don't have to pretend to be these people. Instead, we just come to know him, and naturally we become like him. If we want to be thankful, stop focusing on the things we want to be thankful for and instead focus on who has given that ability to us to be thankful. Christ wants to dwell in us richly. Christ will teach us. The Spirit will fill us. And all we have to do is be willing to accept this. So don't focus on the product we want to get. Instead, focus on the producer who creates all good things. So thankfulness to transformation. The next one. Instead of focusing on being grateful, 
be generous. When we focus on helping others, it is hard to focus on the negatives going on in our lives. When we feel that we are a committed and helpful member of society, our dignity increases and our gratefulness again becomes this byproduct. Paul has explained this um, in the chapter that we're going to read. Uh, he's been talking about this church. And this church is a generous one. But he makes this very clear distinction that I don't know if we always point out in the church. He makes this distinction that when we give, it needs to be done generously, not begrudgingly. He makes a distinction that our intention with giving will result in gratefulness. And so this is in 2 Corinthians 9, 11 to 12. It says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Have you ever felt backed into a corner? Put in a position that no one's forcing you to do anything, but you know if you don't do something, you're going to be the bad guy. Okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario. I don't need, uh, I'll just give you this scenario. So think if today I said, we're going to raise money for something. And I said, you know what, we're going to raise money for um, a gym because then we wouldn't put so many holes in the walls at youth. Um, but we're going to raise money for a gym is what I said. And I said, you know what, if you want to give money for that, you know, stand up or something. Okay. And then you see everyone else standing up around you. And, uh, and I say, do you know what we're going to do now? We're going we're to pass that debit machine around. And, and you guys are great people because you're serving God. And, and you're kind of a little bit putting guilt on if you didn't stand. That would not be right. <laughs> because that would be done out of manipulation. And your desire to give would not be done because you generously want to give, it would be done out of shame and out of crowd mentality. This chapter said God loves a cheerful giver. That is so true. 100%, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves when people give cheerfully. But giving is not done out of shame. It's not done out of look at me. It's not done out of way to earn God's love. Generosity is something that God instills within us, and it's not done out of compulsion or reluctancy. It's written right in this chapter. God gives us the ability to be generous with our abilities, with our financial opportunities, with our time. And when I've been put in a place where I had to do something, I have left frustrated, annoyed, and angry, and probably less Christ-like, even if the help was really small. But when I've chosen to give something to someone, not of, out of have to, but want to, I have myself felt more grateful. When I've seen others bless me out of, you know, desire of want to instead of have to, I've in turn wanted to help someone else where I could. Recently, uh, my dad's been having some health issues. And um, there's this little boy. 
and him and my mom are, or him and me are, or his mom and me are friends. I'm also friends with him, but uh, he's a little kid. Um, probably, you know, same, same humor. Um, but his mom told him that my dad was sick. Um, and so his response, totally well-meaning, was he went and he found as much change as he could in his house. He might have even gone to his sister's, like piggy banks, uh, but his, his heart was good. And so he scrounged up as much cash as he could. And, and he came up to me and he said, you know, I hope your dad gets better. And he drops like this little handful of change into my hand. And in that moment, I almost cried uh, because this boy was not worried about what that gift was going to cost him. He just wanted to show love to someone else. His generosity to me surpassed any financial gain. Instead, it offered me an opportunity to see God's goodness. Our response to others immediately creates a response of gratefulness when we are generous. We become grateful for the friend who drops us off a coffee or the family member who helps us do what we hate doing, probably yard work. Or the coworker who, you know, just checked up to see how we were. Or that person from the church who went out of their way to ask us how we were and to ask us, could they pray for us? And then they prayed for us. I have seen so much generosity from this church. You know, from the collecting of supplies out there, we made some big hopes and dreams and we just, you know, have seen people come in with loads of toiletries or loads of backpacks or an insane amount of soup cans. Generous, just to be generous. Or, you know, when we've had to do things like when we installed carpet and stuff, people taking days off of work to help us with that. Or when there's been something going on in Brandon, we get phone calls and messages saying, how can we as a church, you know, just help these people? What can we do? Generosity results in thanksgiving to God. So let us be generous and grateful as our relationship with God will grow. And finally, instead of blessed, I think it's important to know we are beloved. Whenever I think about being blessed or thankful, I am taken back to the Psalms because there are literal Psalms of Thanksgiving written. The people that have taught me the most about what it means to be blessed are not the people with the biggest houses, not the people who are living the dream or have it all together. The people who have taught me most what it looks like to be blessed are those who exude joy and happiness no matter the difficult circumstances. David wrote Psalm 34, and this is written while David knows his life is on the line. David knows people want to kill him. And, you know, that's probably not a good thing. David is the depiction of so many things in scripture, but one of them being a depiction of someone who praises God when life is not great. 
So Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. David is urging people in this scripture to taste and see. These are two senses. And he doesn't literally mean he has God-flavored gum that you pop in your mouth. He's asking people to experience Christ. We become blessed when we are able to take refuge in God. When we run to God and we just say, save us, help us. We depend fully on you. We trust you fully. We serve you fully. Help us. When we feel completely covered by God. When we experience God's love, our lives change forever. It doesn't just say in scripture that God is loving. It says that God is love. That we can be consumed by God's love that he brings. That later in this chapter, it says God is close to the brokenhearted, that he saves those crushed in spirit. So it doesn't matter how hard we feel, how far we feel from God, he will be our refuge. God is our safe place, even if we don't understand who God is, even if we can't explain what we for sure believe in him, even if we haven't read the whole Bible cover to cover, God wants to be our refuge. We are loved by God, not for anything we can do, not for anything we can say, not for anything we can give, but we are loved by God simply because we are his. We become blessed by that love because God takes care of us, because we will never be alone or forsaken when we run to Christ. Being loved is actually one of the basic needs every human needs. It's why people run to so many different things to find satisfaction in life. But it is not until we run to God that we will experience something that makes us feel blessed beyond all measure. We are blessed not because of what God has offered us, not because of the stuff we get in life, but simply because we are his. Our identity is shaped by how we spend our time. What we put into our minds, what we spend our money on, our identity is shaped by what goes on in our hearts. And as Colossians 3 said, we have the opportunity to allow God to be that ruling thing in our hearts. So those three points again is we, instead of being thankful, want to be transformed. Instead of being, uh, if you can go to the next slide, Kayla, instead of being grateful, be generous. And instead of being blessed, know that we are beloved by God. Again, not for anything we do, just because we are. So all these three words work together. We are transformed when we know who loves us. And from that, we will be generous because we are in his likeness. Sometimes we want to get, you know, skipping steps. We don't want to just know God. We, we want to just be like God. All those steps before are just, it takes forever. But getting to know God and be like God are two different things. Because when we get to know God, we will become like him. We don't have to focus on that part. 
Becoming Christ-likeness is just a byproduct of the work. It's like exercise. We just become happy even though we don't know how that happens. It will be that byproduct. I know today you might already be thinking about your dinner plans, who you're going to see. You're already thinking you got to get the bird in the oven. Or, you know, maybe it's a busy day. Enjoy those times today. But also I want to challenge each of us, how do we spend time with the one who loves us today? How do our praises come to God? Not because we have to work from them, but they're just going to be the result of knowing God. Take time to appreciate the creation outside, the creator who made all of it. I know it's getting colder, but it's still beautiful. Let Christ's likeness shine through each one of us today. Let us seek out God today and have the byproduct of our relationship with God be that of thankfulness, gratefulness, and blessing. Today, I'd like to pray a benediction over each one of you, and that's simply just a blessing that someone prays over people. So if you could stand, I'm going to pray this over you, and then the worship team is going to sing a song for us and lead us in worship. So in Ephesians 3, it says, May Christ dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen.